Thank you for tuning in to Cornerstone's weekly broadcast of the sermon. We hope that you enjoy this podcast. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after today's encouraging message. Well, it is my pleasure this morning to introduce to you our guest speaker, Dr. Larry Martin. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I'm glad to hear that I am an expert. They tell me that is a previous drip, an expert. I missed that. What did you say? <laughs> later, Pastor, later. <clears throat> it's a joy to be here. I'll tell you, I've, I've tried to get here. I was supposed to be here about, oh, maybe it's been five years ago now, and uh, you had a huge ice storm that shut everything down, and I couldn't get here. In fact, I was over in Thomasville and spent a week over there with our friend James Dodd because of the weather. And then this time, we're coming across, and there's a rock slide on I-40. So it's just, uh, it it was a challenge to be here, but it's great to be here. I've looked forward to it so very much and uh, had a great time in the Sunday school lesson. I hope those of you that were here were blessed, and we'll cover just a brief part of that this morning. Our websites are on the board. If you'd like to know a little bit more about our ministry, uh, our main website is drlarrymartin.org. If uh, you'd like to do it, you are free to take out your smartphone and snap a picture of the websites. That way you can remember them when I am gone. We have a website on the Azusa Street Revival, one teaching people how to receive Jesus. And then the final website is called Pentecostal Gold. I'm probably the most proud of that. We have uh, established four or five years ago an archive, an audio archive of classic Pentecostal preaching. And we have at the present time over 1,500 sermons, classic Pentecostal sermons uploaded on the website. And uh, some of the greatest preachers that ever lived, David Wilkerson and uh, men like A.A. Allen and Jack Cole, Jimmy Swagger, B.H. Clinton, and on and on and on, uh, women like Amy Simple McPherson. You can hear them all preach on Pentecostal gold, and it's absolutely free. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of Pentecostal preaching. We're uploading uh, more and more sermons almost every day. So uh, PentecostalGold.com, you can make note of that. We ask that you would pre- please pray for us. We've we're been in the ministry for over 51 years and have... Uh, Traveled a lot and preached a lot and told a lot of people about Jesus, but uh, here in the fourth quarter of our life, we've been blessed to do more for God than we've ever been able to do in all of the years combined. And uh, we have some prayer cards on the table right over here. Please take one of these. This is our ministry prayer card. This is a prayer card about our ministry in Ethiopia. I'll talk about that in just a minute before I preach. But first of all, I want to tell you we've got some books. I've published about 50 books. I could bring 50 books with me on the airplane, but I've published about 50 books, and uh, I brought a few with us, and they're on the table, and uh, they've got a real bargain on them. They're one for $10. Most of them sell retail for more than that, but one for $10, and you can get two for $15, and three for $20, and four for $25. Bucks. That's, a, that's about half the retail. Uh, this book is about the Topeka outpouring. It's the revival that started Pentecost. It's a revival that started with Charles Parham in Topeka, Kansas in 1901 that birthed the Pentecostal Charismatic Revival. 
And uh, this book is on Azusa Street. It's the life of William J. Seymour. This is my favorite book uh, that I've written, and it's uh, a history of the great Azusa Street Revival. Changed the world in 1906 when God sent a one-eyed black man to California to preach the gospel out there. And uh, this book is the latest book I've written. It's called Have We Lost Our Mind? We've got a group of people today that would tell you that it doesn't cost anything to be a Christian. And I want to tell you that that is a lie. It will cost you everything to be a Christian. It costs you nothing to be saved, but it costs you everything to be a Christian. Paul said, let this same mind be in you that was in him, that thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself a servant. And uh, he asked you to put your life on the altar. That's what this book's about. It's about the crazy contradictions of Christless Christianity. It's the latest book that I wrote. These three books I'm going to give away this morning. I'm going to give this one to the first person that shows me a pocket knife. I see it right there, brother. This is yours. <clears throat> you know, I did this one time in Houston. Church run two or three hundred. There wasn't a man in the church that had a pocket knife. And finally, one woman reached in her purse and pulled out a pocket knife. I felt so bad. You talk about an identity crisis among men. <clears throat> I felt so bad. I'm going to give this to the first person to show me some juicy fruit gum. Juicy fruit, come on, who's got it? Big red. What you got? That's good enough. Starburst. Thank you, Pastor. That one's yours. And this one, yeah, thank you. Water, water in abundance. And this one I'm going to give to the first person who can show me peanut butter crackers. I know there's a mother here that brought peanut butter crackers to church. Oh! You're looking. You're looking. Peanut butter crackers I'm holding out. You're looking. That'll work. Close enough. Praise the Lord. As I say, the books are on the table over here. And uh, please help yourself after service because I don't want to have to carry them back on the plane with me when I leave. One of the greatest things that I've had the opportunity to do for the Lord is every year we go to Ethiopia for a great crusade. Uh, we just got back, in fact, about uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago from Ethiopia. We were at a place called uh, uh, Bako, Ethiopia. And uh, we saw 2,000. 407, 408 people received Christ for the first time. 2,408 people. You see the man there on the front holding that yellow book. That little book has in the back of it a page that they fill out with their name and address and contact information if they have got saved. If they've been saved for the first time, they fill that out. We leave it with the local churches, 2,000. 407 people, 408 people received Christ as their Savior last year. In Lim Lim, Ethiopia, we saw 6,207 people saved. 6,207 saved for the first time. This picture was taken in Medikinia, Ethiopia. In that crusade in five days, we saw 40,000 people receive Christ as their Savior. 40,000. Four zero, forty thousand people. In fact, in fact, that is a low ball number because 
we, we ran out of the little salvation books on Saturday night, the biggest day in the Crusades, always Sunday. We run out of those books on Saturday night. We'd given out 42,000 of them on Saturday night. And uh, God's helped us, and uh, we're excited. We're, we've uh, lengthened our stakes and strengthened, lengthened our cords and strengthened our stakes and stepped out by faith to do two Crusades this year. We just finished in Ethiopia. We'll be in Brazil at the end of the year, and then next January we'll be back in Ethiopia cost us $50,000 this year to do crusades and God has miraculously provided for us to be able to reach the loss for Jesus. And so we're excited. We take a team with us every year. We took six people in addition to my wife and I this year and uh, we took six this time. Last year we took two and if you'd like to go on a mission trip where you'll see great miracles and thousands of souls saved, you're welcome to come with us. We, we take people every year. We've got a little short video, three minutes long and then I'm going to preach and I'll, I'll put it in high gear and try to preach fast this morning, but I want you to see this little video testimony. Lynn and I are going to try a different form of transportation today. We wouldn't normally ride this to church, but uh, you know this is Baco, Ethiopia. We're going to take a little ride on the donkey cart. last night and you saw his testimony he's an English teacher he has his doctor's degree and he's working here you got your uh, card you can show us his university card Malaga University Shampoo Campus can you tell us what happened to you last night yeah uh, I'm very happy because I healed from my back aching and I'm very healthfully slept tonight and I am very happy because of healing from my bad ache. So um, I, I, I bless my God. Thanks to Jesus. Amen. 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 
Thank you, Matt. Thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you very you. much. Appreciate you getting our attention and coming up and talking. Amen. Amen. God's a great God, isn't he? We have seen blind eyes open and one, one lady this year had tumors in both breasts, cancer in both breasts. They'd sent her back to her region. She'd been in the hospital, sent her back to her region to start chemotherapy. She had to pour it in her hand. I've got video and God healed her and removed those tumors. And isn't God a good God? Amen. Turn with me to the book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to be here today and share God's Word. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. We used to say, turn in your Bibles. We say now, turn in your phone. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 1 says, And the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of what is Pentecost. What is Pentecost? Let us pray. Father, thank you this morning for bringing us safely to Statesville. And thank you, Lord, for this church. Lord, how, how we've been blessed this morning to see the great effort this church is putting forward to reach people for Christ and train young people. We thank you, Lord, for the mission of this church. We ask you, Lord, that you'd help us today that we could preach under the anointing of the Spirit. In Jesus' name and for His glory, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. What is Pentecost? Three things I want to share with you real quickly this morning. First of all, Pentecost is a day. It's said in our scripture text, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Pentecost was a day on the Jewish calendar. The Jews have many feasts, many great days of celebration. There were three primary feasts for the Jews. There was the Feast of Passover, followed by Pentecost, and then in the end of the year, there was the Ingathering Feast, or the Feast of Tabernacles. Of these feasts, these three were important. Pentecost was one of the great feasts. It was different than some of the other feasts, because Pentecost took place... 49 days, a week of weeks after Passover. There's lots of names for it in your Bible. And there was a PowerPoint. There it is. It's up here. It's called the Feast of Harvest in, in the Scripture. And then it's also called the Feast of Weeks. The reason Pentecost is called the Feast of Weeks because it happened seven weeks after Passover. Seven, seven, a week of weeks. The Feast of Weeks. The Jews called the Feast of Pentecost the Feast of Shabbat. They still call it that today. We don't call it Shabbat, but we call it, as Gentiles, Pentecost. And the word Pentecost 
comes from the Greek word 50. On the 50th day after Passover, the 49 days, week of weeks, we have the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost was a, a different kind of feast. Some of the feasts of the Jews were days of solemn assembly, days when they gathered quietly to seek God. Some were days when they remembered deliverance from Egypt, different days. But Pentecost was a day that was set to celebrate the Jewish harvest. It was to celebrate the first fruits of the harvest. Now, if you had had a wonderful crop the year before, you had had plenty to eat, but now it was nearing the end of the season and about all of your food was gone. It was time to harvest the new crops. The new crops were coming in and you were ready to harvest, you were ready to eat, but you couldn't eat. You could not eat any crop of your field until the day of Pentecost. Why? Because on the day of Pentecost, they brought the first fruits of their harvest to the Lord. And the Lord would make, or the priest would make, bread out of the first fruits of the harvest and would wave that sacrifice in the air. If you know the Old Testament, you know that you couldn't put bread on the altar because it had leaven in it. So they put animals on the altar to sacrifice, but the bread, they raised their hands. I guess somebody guesses... <coughs> that's why Pentecostal people have had their hands in the air for hundreds of years because they raised the bread to the Lord and offered it as a sacrifice. And there was a message to all of this. There was an important message to the day of Pentecost. And that was that you should put God first in your life. Before the Jews could eat of their harvest... Before the first person could take the first bite of the harvest, they had to give the harvest to God. Did you know that today, thousands of years later, God still wants you to put Him first in your life. God still wants to be first place. In fact, God will be second place to no one or no thing in your life. God demands first place. One of the ways that He shows us to put Him first is through our giving of tithe. You know, the Bible teaches us that every time we come to church, every first day of the week, we ought to bring as the Lord has provided for us or prospered us. If God's blessed you, then you give a tithe back to the, back to the Lord. Somebody said that God was so thoughtful in the tithe. You know, everything belongs to the Lord. Amen. The Bible says that the cattle on the thousand hills are the Lord's and, and all the gold and silver belong to God. Everything belongs to Him. He could say, I want it all. Hello? He could say, give me all you've got. But He didn't say that. He said, give me 10%. I'll tell you why He chose 10% because 10% is enough that you feel it when you give it. If He had said, give me 1%, you wouldn't even notice it was gone. But He said, give me 10% so that you notice that you've made a sacrifice. You notice that you've put God first. I heard a story years ago about a guy that, that God gave him 10 apples. And, and it's kind of out of perspective, but He said, take three of those apples and, and provide for your home and take three of those apples and provide for your food and take three of those apples and provide for your clothing. But the 10th apple belongs to me. And the man took the three apples and he provided for his shelter and he took three apples for his clothes and three apples for his food and everything was as God had said, but that one apple was left. God's apple. And it, it was the shiniest, the reddest, the prettiest of all those apples. And he looked at that and he said, you know, God wouldn't care if I just took one bite out of this apple. 
And so he took a bite out of God's apple and he enjoyed it so much, he took another bite out of God's apple. He enjoyed it so much that finally he ate the whole apple and there was nothing left but the core. After God had blessed him with everything, he gave God back the core. And that's what so many people are doing today. But God don't want the core. Are you listening to the preacher this morning? God wants to be first place in your life. God wants you to put him first. That was the message of Pentecost. It was don't eat the fruit until you put me first. Make sacrifices to me first. Every Jewish male had to attend on the day of Pentecost. Didn't matter where they were throughout the world of the diaspora. They had to be there. All the men had to come. It was a requirement because God wanted every person in Israel to know the importance of putting him first in their life. That's the day. Pentecost is a day, a day on the Jewish calendar. I don't know what you believe about it, but I kind of believe that we'll continue to celebrate these festivals when we get to heaven. I kind of believe that we'll still remember Pentecost and we'll still rejoice over Pentecost when we get to glory because it says it is a perpetual feast. They were to do it forever and ever. So Pentecost is a day on the Jewish calendar, but it's more than that. Pentecost is also a movement. Those of you that were here this morning for the Sunday school class, I know many of you were in another class, but those of you that are here in the auditorium, you heard me talk about how the movement got started, how that this man named Charles Parham was used by God to start a Pentecostal revival in Topeka, Kansas, and how that uh, this lady, Agnes Osmond, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on January 1st, 1901. And she spoke in tongues for four days when she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then the revival spread and it broke out in California at Azusa Street. My, my favorite thing in the world is to talk about the Azusa Street revival. It, it's a great event that changed the whole world. But the Pentecost didn't stop at Azusa Street. It continued to spread until it is literally spread around the world. Now, the Assemblies of God are not the Pentecostal movement. The Assemblies of God are part of the Pentecostal movement, but the Pentecostal movement is much larger than the Assemblies of God. In fact, today, it is estimated there are 650 million Pentecostal, Spirit-filled, baptized in the Holy Ghost believers around the world. 650 million, almost two-thirds of a billion people, or more than two-thirds of a billion people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You may not know this, but the largest church in the world today is a Pentecostal church. Pastor, I remember when we had the little churches on the back side of the railroad track. But today, the largest church in the world is a Pentecostal church. Did you know the largest church in Asia is a Pentecostal church? Did you know the largest church in Africa is a Pentecostal church? Did you know the largest church in Europe is a Pentecostal church? Did you know the largest church in South America is a Pentecostal church? Did you know the largest church in North America in Houston, Texas is a Pentecostal church because God birthed a movement that has literally spread around the world. I'm so glad I'm part of that movement. I am Pentecostal. I'm Pentecostal born and Pentecostal bred. When I die, I'll be Pentecostal dead. Somebody said, what would you be if you wasn't Pentecostal? Well, I'd be ashamed, I'm telling you. I'm glad I'm Pentecostal. I am a hard shell holy roller. I am full of the Holy Spirit today, and I'm happy to say I'm part of the Pentecostal movement. Oh, this is exciting. I, I could preach a little bit this morning. I love Pentecost. 
The Pentecostal movement, first of all, Pentecost is a day, a day on the Jewish calendar. We've established that. Second of all, Pentecost is a movement, a movement that is spread around the world, 650 million people. But Pentecost is more than a day and more than a movement. Pentecost is an experience. Pentecost is a personal experience. I'm glad that I'm not only part of the Pentecostal movement. I'm glad that I not only celebrate a day of Pentecost, but I'm glad that I have had a personal experience with Pentecost. I have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In that upper room in Jerusalem in the first century, though, or the 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 first century, yeah, the 33rd year or so, those people were baptized in the Spirit. Peter and James and John were baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. Thomas the doubter was baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. In 1901, Charles Parham didn't just start a movement, but he had a personal experience. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Pray the Lord. He spoke in tongues. William Seymour, when he went out to California, I didn't tell this this morning, but when he went out to California to preach Pentecost, he had never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He prayed for a man named Edward Lee to receive the Holy Ghost, and Seymour had never received himself. But a few days later, he received his Pentecostal experience. He was more than just a leader in Pentecost. He had an experience in Pentecost. He himself received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All through the last 120 years, men and women have been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Most of them, Pentecostals, Church of God, Assembly of God, Pentecostal Holiness, Church of God in Christ. But oh, God started doing a new thing. Back in about 1957, the pastor of Episcopal Church in Van Nuys, California, Dennis Bennett, a an Episcopal vicar was baptized in the Holy Ghost and began speaking in other tongues. Dennis Bennett said, I am floored and I'll be floored for the rest of my life. God had baptized him in the Holy Spirit. He had a personal experience, birthed a charismatic movement across America, but Dennis Bennett had his own experience in the Holy Spirit. And David Wilkerson, many of you read his great book, The Cross and the Switchblade, one of the best-selling Christian books that was ever written. If you haven't read it in a while, you need to read it again. Because in that book, The Cross and the Switchblade, David Wilkerson included a chapter on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to tell you how important this is. Because that book was published by Spire Books, which was part of the Fleming H. Revell Company. Fleming H. Revell was D.L. Moody's father-in-law. It was a stoic, denominational publishing house. And they had never published a book on Pentecost. And yet David Wilkerson said, if I'm going to tell the story of the cross and the switchblade, if I'm going to tell the story of lives transformed, drug addicts and uh, gang members transformed by the power of God, I must tell them that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and that God used the Holy Spirit to, to make them overcomers. And he included a chapter on the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the book Cross and the Switchblade. One day, Pat Boone, 
Boone, famous actor, for those of you that have hair the color of mine, was passing through the airport in Nashville and he picked up a copy of the cross and the switchblade and he began to read about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pat Boone was a member, in fact, a leader in a church that didn't believe in speaking in tongues. In fact, they believed it was the devil. But he began to read about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he began to seek more of God and God baptized Pat Boone, the entertainer, with the Holy Spirit. He had his own experience with the Holy Ghost. Pat Boone said, I used to think I had to be one person in show business and somebody else in the church world, but I found out that I'm not ashamed of Jesus and I'm going to stand and tell the world about Jesus Christ because God gave him an experience in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why am I emphasizing this this morning? Because I want you to know that you can have an experience in the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank God for that day called Pentecost. We'll celebrate it in May. Thank God for the movement that swept the world. But you can have your own personal Pentecostal experience right here this morning. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is your day to receive. Let me tell you about my pastor friend, Roger Hicks. I'll get there. Roger Hicks pastored the Calvary Baptist Church in Marshfield, Missouri. And, and Roger went down to Springfield one day to a pastor's meeting and Dr. Daniel T. Schaefer was preaching and Dr. Schaefer said, anyone that wants more of God, come to the front and I'll pray for you. And Roger was a loving God Baptist pastor and he wanted more of God. He walked up the front and Dan Schaefer prayed for him and when he did, Roger was slain in the spirit and he hit the floor and when he hit the floor, he was speaking in tongues. Now he didn't believe in speaking in tongues. He didn't think it was real or right, but he found himself speaking in tongues. He had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Roger said, when I got in the wine closet and got a taste of that, I started looking in the cellar to see what else they'd been hiding from me for all of these years. I, I never met a man so on fire for God. I'd preach for Roger, and, and he would dance. He'd dance across the platform. He's in heaven right now, dancing on streets of gold. But he'd dance across the platform. They had church. They had young people would take off running in the church. One group was running this way, and another group was running. I thought they ought to have a traffic cop just to, just to keep order in the church. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I was there one Sunday morning, and they have on their sign, Calvary Baptist Church. I was there one Sunday morning and a family came in expecting that they're just going to have a traditional Baptist service. And they got in there and the glory of God came down and people shouting and carrying on. They got up, walked out to the lobby. They had a guest book in the lobby. They stopped at the guest book and scratched their name out of the guest book. They didn't even want anybody to know they were there. <laughs> because God... Roger Hicks had an experience with the Holy Spirit that changed his life, that filled him full. I'll never forget praying at the altar at Calvary Baptist Church with the worship leader, jumping Jimmy Grove, singing. They were in an upper chamber. They were in, all in one accord when the Holy Ghost descended as was promised by our Lord and people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's an experience that's real. It's an experience that's for you. I was raised in the Assemblies of God. And when I was growing up, I was a bashful kid. Now, when I say I was bashful, I mean, I mean I was bashful. We used to have God bless you testimony services. Did y'all ever do that? 
on Wednesday night, we'd have God bless you testimony. And I'd, I'd testify. And, uh, no, somebody would testify. When they got through, they'd say, God bless you, Josh. And he'd stand up and have to testify. And he'd get through and he'd say, God bless you, Pastor Grover. And he'd have to stand up and testify. And they, it was a small church. They got around everybody, you know, before they're through. Everybody got God blessed and everybody had to testify. I would lay down on the seat and hide. I'm not kidding you. I was hoping nobody would see me because I didn't want them to say, God bless you, Larry, because I'd had to stand up and say something. I didn't have to say much, but I didn't want to say anything. I was just a, a scared little kid, and I was so bashful, so shy, I didn't want to talk to people. And then one night at an Oklahoma youth camp, I came to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 1966. Wow, that was a long time ago. I came to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I wasn't going to go home until I received. The first night I didn't receive. The second night I didn't receive. Oh, it's the last night of camp, and they're having the big midnight hike where all the, the camper boys and girls get together, you know, and, and, uh, and make eyes at each other out under the full moon. And I wasn't a bit interested in the midnight hike. I, I wanted the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they had an a altar area that had straw brought in, and I I laid in that straw with my hands up in the air. I said, glory, 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 glory. Couldn't say it anymore. They told me to hang on, and I hung on. They told me to let go, and I let go. I did everything I knew to do and more. And finally, about midnight, I just quit trying and yielded to the Spirit. And God baptized me in the Holy Ghost, filled me with the Holy Ghost. I got up from that altar so full of the Holy Ghost. I'd been praying so long my throat was dry. Man, I was needing something to drink. And I went up to the concession stand to order a Coke. And I couldn't say Coke. All I could do was speak in tongues. Just stood there in front of them and cried and spoke in tongues. Now you would think at an Assembly of God camp that somebody ought to have the gift of interpretation. But there wasn't a person... There wasn't a person in the concession stand that had any idea what I wanted. But, <laughs> But it didn't matter because I had an experience that day. I said I had my own personal experience with the Holy Spirit. God filled me with the Holy Ghost and transformed that bashful barefoot boy into a preacher of the gospel that stood before 80,000 people and preached this gospel of Jesus Christ and had preached it around the world, traveled in 70 countries. Why? Because I had an experience with the Holy Ghost. If you haven't had your experience today, I want to remind you what Pentecost is. It is a day on the Jewish calendar. We'll celebrate that, but it's more than that. It's a movement of millions of people around the world, but it's even more than that. It's an experience, a personal experience for you. You say, well, maybe it's okay for you, but I'm not sure it's for me. Let me tell you what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. He said, this gift is for you and your children and to those that are afar off. And to as many as the Lord our God should call. That includes you. Every single person here is a candidate for the Holy Spirit. And he wants you to be baptized. He wants you to have the experience. He said after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll receive power. And you need that power. You need that power to live for God and to be a witness for God. You need your own personal experience with Pentecost. And this is your day to receive. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Oh, what a blessing it is to know you. What a blessing it is to know your power and experience your goodness in the earth. Lord, I thank you for these good people this morning that have come. Not to hear me, but to hear the word of God. 
Lord, I pray for anyone here today that might not know you. Nothing could be more important than somebody meeting you as their Lord. I pray for those that don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I pray, I pray that people will be filled right here on Sunday morning. In Jesus' name. Your heads are bowed for a minute across the house. I came on a mission today. I came to preach and teach Pentecost. That's why I'm here. But the most important underlying mission of everything I do is to tell people that Jesus saves. If you're here in this room this morning and you're not living for Jesus, if you're here in this room this morning and you have a life of sin, you're doing things you're ashamed you're doing, you're embarrassed at the life you're living and disappointed. Jesus loves you. He loved you so much that he died on the cross so that he could give you life. Who else died for you but him? He loves you and he wants to save you today. And I'm going to ask, is there anyone in the room? You'd say, Pastor, I'm not living for God. I'm not living for Jesus, but I'd like for him to take my sins away today. I'd like to become a new creature in Christ. Would you pray for me? Would you lift your hand right now if that's you? I don't know who came here this morning. I just want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know him, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anybody? God bless you. See your hand. You can put it back down. Anybody else? You just want to meet Jesus this morning. Thank you, Lord. Maybe someday, Pastor, will let us come back and we'll have a great evangelistic Sunday and throw out the net and bring in some lost people in Statesville. But today, we want to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here this morning and you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost the way they did in the book of Acts, which means they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, God wants to baptize you in the Holy Ghost today. You say, come on, preacher, it's Sunday morning, it's 12 o'clock, it's time to go home. Listen to me. The day of Pentecost took place at 9 o'clock in the morning. We're three hours late already. God wants to pour His Spirit out on you. If you're here and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you lift your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. I'd like to receive the Holy Spirit baptism today. One, two, three, four, five, several. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Lord, for hands that have lifted today. And I pray, Lord, that you would move mightily and expeditiously in this service and baptize these good people in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray for this man that raised his hand that needs Jesus. I pray that he'll come and receive you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You lifted your hand this morning. You're here. You said, I'm not living for Jesus, but I need Jesus to save me. Lifting your hand's a great thing. I appreciate you having the courage to do that, but I'm going to ask you to do something greater. I'm going to ask you to come. Come at the this church, there's a group of people here that want to pray for you and welcome you into the kingdom of God. A group of people that want to pray for you and love you and let you know that Jesus will wash your sins away. You lifted your hand. You said you needed Jesus. Would you come stand right up here right now? I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. Would you come? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just come right here. Those of you who want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you lifted your hand. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You was afraid or embarrassed or whatever. But you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You come stand over here. 
This gentleman's going to stand right over here. Could I get some men in the church that come and talk to this brother? You just right over here, my brother. They're going to come. Those that want to baptism, the Holy Spirit, right up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. What a group. Who else wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Young or older, welcome to come. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Can you all kind of stretch out, make a line so somebody can come stand behind you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Could I get... Could I get one spirit-filled believer to stand behind each of these that have come to receive the baptism? Get some one spirit-filled believer behind each one. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I want all of you to just look at me for a minute, okay? I know there's some others that raised your hand. You didn't come up here. I'd love for you to come. No two people are alike, all right? God made us different. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in different ways. You won't receive exactly like I did. Man, I've been praying for people to receive the Holy Ghost for 50 years, and I've seen thousands of people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there are patterns, okay? There's, God does things certain ways. Sometimes when people receive the Holy Spirit, it's like a river comes up inside of them, and just like a dam breaks, and they open their mouth, and they just start speaking in tongues. It's, man, it's wonderful when that happens. I saw that Friday night over there in Knoxville. Sometimes people hear a language in their head. Now, if you speak Spanish and you hear Spanish, that's not God, that's you. But if you speak Spanish and you hear Russian up here, that's God. And don't be afraid of that. Just say it out loud. You say, well, how do I know it's God? Have you ever done it before? No, it was God. God's giving you a new language. You just say that out loud. But most people that I pray for to see the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's more like when a baby starts talking. Their tongue gets thick. They, they don't say, they don't just start out speaking paragraphs. They start out speaking syllables or maybe just words. When that happens, don't be afraid of that. That's beautiful. Don't be afraid of that. Just continue and let God fully baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He'll give you a brand new language. Now, this is important. The Bible says they spoke in tongues. God baptizes you in the Holy Spirit, but the speaking in tongues, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is you speaking. That God didn't speak. They spoke. It's your tongue, it's your vocal cords, it's your mouth that's going to speak a new language. God's just going to give you the utterance. You're going to speak it out of your mouth. So there comes a time that you quit speaking English because you can't speak two languages at the same time. There comes a time that you just start speaking a new language that God gave you. And God's going to do that for you this morning. There are people going to walk out of this room this morning baptized in the Holy Spirit. I have no doubt about that. Would you stretch your hands towards these? Would you lift your hands and say this out loud with me? Say, I believe... I will receive the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit this very day in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you believe what you prayed, start thanking Him right now. Just start praising Him. Just start praising Him. Church, we're going to pray for these folks. We're going to pray. You help us pray. Even if you're at your seat, you help us pray this morning. We're going to see some people baptized in the Holy Spirit today. You help us pray.
Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.